0: Ciao, my name is Umberto Mucci and this is the Italian News, a podcast about Italy during coronavirus times. Today is Monday, May 23, 2022. Dear friends, for once a small personal note. I am much better. Tomorrow I will have a swab and I hope it will be negative. In the meantime, my wife and daughter are also positive, but they too are doing well with only a few small symptoms. Even for them, the vaccines have been instrumental in protecting them from much more serious problems, like uh, with me. Thank you for the many healing wishes you have sent me. Today, then, I am especially happy because the soccer team I have always uh, cheered for, IEC Milan, has won the Italian Championship yesterday, after 11 years, since the last time, and this is a great joy for all of us Milan fans. And in this regard, today is in Milan he who will probably be the new owner of the team, which is about to be sold. He's the owner of an American fund. His name is Jerry Cardinale. And yes, he is Italian American. Now, in Italy, the incidence of infection continues to decline nationwide but the situation is different region by region. The region where the figure is highest is once again Abruzzo followed by Umbria, Sardinia and Molise. In contrast, the province of Trento has the lowest figure for virus incidents followed by Valle d'Aosta and Lombardy. Fortunately, pressure on hospitals is also dropping and the number of deaths has also dropped a bit. With the arrival of summer, the situation is improving. Italy's head of government, Draghi, has called out the parties in his majority, reminding them that there are still many reforms missing from those promised by the end of June to continue to get European Recovery Plan money. Italy has pledged to, many, to make many reforms that are absolutely necessary, but some of them are unpopular, Then it seems that Italian parties want to avoid taking the responsibility they should take. There are dozens of reforms to be implemented in a matter of weeks, hundreds of calls to be issued, billions of euros to be invested. Officially, the numbers are these, 122 measures completed, 551 to start, 64 in progress, 22 well underway, and 17 already behind schedule. Looking specifically at the next milestone set for June 30, out of 58 deadlines, only 9 have been completed, 17 are well underway, and the remaining 32 are still in progress. Among the measures that are progressing the hardest are some key reforms starting with the ENABLE Act to Revise the Procurement Code, the entry into force of the Ministerial Decree for the National Waste Management Programme and the reform of teachers' careers. But the National Strategy for the Circular Economy or the awarding research and development contracts on hydrogen or the new organizational model of territorial healthcare are not close enough to the finish line either. This, of course, has also been noticed by the European Union, which in its recommendation urged Italy to carry out reforms and take action on the tax system, continuing to follow the roadmap of the recovery plan written, proposed and approved by a country, by a parliament. In Europe they expect us to fulfil our promises, even if the Italian parties are not used to doing so. Meanwhile, because of Russia's war against Ukraine, the economic situation in Europe is worsening, cutting GDP forecasts for 2022 to 2.7% and 2.3% in 2023. February's forecasts showed 4% and 2.7% respectively. While almost doubling inflation forecasts to 6.1% for this year instead of the previously estimated 3.5%. And according to a just released report, Italian consumers are adapting to a very critical time we are experiencing between runaway inflation, the energy crisis we are already seeing in our bills, and the conflict in Ukraine. Italians are rationalizing their shopping carts, sometimes changing stores, and definitely looking carefully at promotions. And another problem we should reflect on because it indicates one of the main problems of this this extraordinary sick country that is Italy comes from the public contest to become judges. As of today in Italy, there is a shortage of 1,300 judges. We are well below the European average, and the unacceptable times of the Italian justice system, one of the biggest troubles for Italy today, also depends on this. The contest saw one year ago 3,800 aspirants to become prosecutors or judges. They faced the competition for 310 positions, starting as always with the written tests but only 220 out of three hundred thirty-eight hundred aspirants made it to the oral, a paltry 5.7%. The reason is that in the written tests, the selection board found glaring errors in law and grammar. The committee reports great argumentative and language poverty. Very often the topics followed pre-packaged patterns, without much reasoning ability, little originality, little consequentiality. The problem is not only of today, back in 2008, only half of the available positions were filled by recruitment, again for the same reasons. These are our future judges, those who will decide the future of Italians, who will have enormous authority over the freedom of us all. One shudders to think that some of them cannot even write in Italian, and it is not a problem with justice. It is a problem that stems from the Italian educational system, from elementary schools to universities. And speaking of judges, but these are far greater significance, believe me. Today, May 23, 2022, is the 30th anniversary of the Capaci massacre, La Strage di Capaci. Capaci is a location between the city of Palermo and its airport, in which Judge Giovanni Falcone, who was 53, his wife Francesca Morvillo, who was 47, and also a judge, and the three men of their security detail, Antonio Montinaro and Rocco Di Cillo, both 30, and Vito Schifani, 27, were killed. Falcone and his wife decided they didn't want to have children because they always stated they didn't want to leave them orphans. They knew very well they were going to be killed sooner or later. The Capaci massacre was the most notorious and remembered mafia massacre in Italian history. Carried out with 500 kilograms of TNT, it devastated an entire section of the highway at precisely the junction sign for Capaci Isola delle Femmine, a few kilometers from Palermo. The attack had been planned for weeks ordered for several months, decided for years. Many collaborators of justice, including Giovanni Brusca, the organizer and executor of the Capaci massacre, recounted in the 1990s that Giovanni Falcone had been a target of the mafia since 1983. That is, since the Palermo anti-mafia pool, the team of judges that systematically investigated the Cosa Nostra and instructed the famous maxi trial against it was established. 1992 was a dreadful year after falcone his friend and also a judge paolo borsellino was assassinated with five men of his security detail on july 19 1992. the capaci bombing aroused great emotion throughout italy in sicily anti-mafia movements composed mainly of young people took on great vigor and there were many initiatives the instigators and perpetrators of the capaci massacre were arrested in the following months and years to die Today, two-thirds of Italian people consider Giovanni Falcone a a hero who went above and beyond his duties as a a servant to the state, according to a survey just released yesterday. Over half of the people surveyed, 58% are convinced that Falcone knew the Sicilian Mafia was going to kill him, and 71% said he was left to fight the Mafia on his own. Well, it's all for today. It's all for now. My name is Umberto Mucci, this was With Italia News, please stay safe and take care I'm much better. Uh, I'll see you next Thursday, ciao from Rome.